This show will pollute listeners' ears with foul language, occasional sexually explicit content, and more irony than is allowed for single episodes. Cinema PsyOps. Must be destroyed on sight! In the last several years, distributors of obscenity have expanded into new areas, employing new technologies and reaching new audiences. Neither our Constitution, our courts, our people, nor our respect for common decency and human suffering will allow this trafficking in obscene material. Cinema PsyOps must be destroyed on sight. Exploits women and men alike to continue. Sharing filth-laden desires on mic to warp the brains of listeners until they are all demented deviants. Current federal laws are being violated, and thus I am committed to redoubling the federal effort to ensure that those criminal elements who are trafficking in obscenity are pursued with a vengeance and prosecuted to the hill. The fact that society is becoming much more open now, uh, less repressed, and I think there's less need for... Cinema PsyOps. Must be destroyed on sight! Living in this culture now where there's just icebergs of filth floating through every house on Wi-Fi, it's inconceivable what it must be like to be a young adolescent now with this kind of access to... Cinema PsyOps. Must be destroyed on sight! It must be dizzying and exciting, but corrupting in a way that we can't even think about. A pirate ship with a tattered flag, sailing across seas of questionable movies while firing cannons of disdain. Cinema PsyOps. Must be destroyed on sight! Long may she sail. Welcome to Cinema PsyOps Must Be Destroyed On Sight, the epic crossover event that brings together the intelligence of They Must Be Destroyed On Sight and the immaturity and stupidity of Cinema PsyOps. Speaking of immature and stupid, sitting across from me in the studio is Matt. USA! 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 Oh, wait, I'm sorry. We're number zero. We're We're number number zero. zero. (laughs) And across the way from us in a country that's much better than us is Lee. How's it going, buddy? I'm doing good. Nice to talk to you both again. Thanks for having us. Joining us as well from Western PA in the Pittsburgh area is Paul Romali. How's it going, buddy? I don't want to be here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, Paul. Jesus, man. And from, is it smack dab in the middle of the country like us, Daniel? Is that where you're from? Uh, Michigan. Michigan. So yeah, smack dab in the middle of the country in Michigan is Daniel. How's it going, man? Uh, I'm on my first beer, so I'm I'm doing better. <laughs> a drink until you think we're funny and or attractive, but you can't see what we look like. So there's you will that. die. Because <laughs> <laughs> either way, you can that, make either way that's happening. happening. All right. So usually on you guys' format, you do a thing where you kind of talk about the things that you've been watching in between drinking, obviously. So does anybody have anything lately they've been uh, viewing and or reading or listening to? Uh, I could mention the uh, Haunting of Hill House on uh, Netflix, that new series. Uh, I thought it was fucking excellent. It did pretty good justice to the original Shirley Jackson story and it did 
something I didn't think they'd be able to do with the story and actually, you know, sort of spin it off into an interesting story of its own. And uh, it's not so much about the ghosts. It's more about the uh, just the fucked up family that uh, spent some time in Hill House. And ever since then, like 20 years later, their lives have been constantly ruined by the experiences there. But uh, I thought it was fucking great. It's probably uh, the best show I've seen since like Better Call Saul or something like that. You know, it's fucking quality wise. It's really, really good. I thought it was great. So I just finished that myself, actually. And uh, I agree with everything you said. I actually felt that the haunting in this was more about the family being haunted by the choices that they made, the guilt of things that happened in their lives, and also the question of what happened to their mother and where that kind of left everybody as the series went on. And the nonlinear storytelling in this, the way they kind of chopped it up and you get to see things from multiple perspectives, so you get the whole story and not just one person's perspective, really kind of draws it out how that family dynamic has you automatically like against someone else because you have that baggage because you know you've always fought with that brother or sister or what have you they did that really well in this series and i i do recommend it as well that's something i just watched and also apparently there's like eight to ten hidden ghosts in the background of every episode only if you're not observant (laughs) maybe i think i picked up maybe five so far yeah i got at least half of them maybe a little bit more than what was there but some of them it's like okay so there's like this white blob in between you know a couple of uh upward pieces on the staircase railway that that you can kind of make out if you really look or if you go in and you zoom you can see but that's like okay so what's the big deal about noticing that but there were a lot more that were more obvious where there's just somebody fucking standing there you know (laughs) in the middle of the room and you don't pay attention to it until all of a sudden your eye gets drawn to like the ghost that's standing there it was pretty cool is that guy holding a boom mic <laughs> that wasn't a ghost. That was a gas. Dark shadows. <laughs> <laughs> um, it does have a little bit of feel to that, like Paul. I, I, there's a little bit of the Dark Shadows series. There's even like a room that's very similar to the one that they would uh, send people off to that they had to every year. Like somebody would go to this room and then they would just go insane because their soul would get stuck out and they would disappear. I don't know if you guys remember that from Dark Shadows. I'm going by reruns, so. <laughs> No, I don't, I don't, I don't. Yeah. yeah. But it, it won't do- be truly dark shadows until someone shuts a door and a wall falls over. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, that did happen quite a bit in the original mm-hmm. series. Does anybody else have anything lately that they've been watching or reading, listening, anything? Well, I've been doing a lot of H.P. Lovecraft, as usual, but uh, someone gave me at work, I've been throwing movies at him, and he gave me Trick or Treat to watch. Is that the, the Doherty one? The later one? Yeah, yeah the, la- the later one with the little Sam, I guess. He said, I'm going to love it. So I don't know. I don't like movies past 1960, so I don't know. We'll find out. I actually <laughs> really enjoyed that movie quite a bit. I'm hoping that you do like it. Yeah. I think he was. Well, 1960, I thought it was 2000 before. You keep going back decades, Paul. Well, the older I get, the more bitter I get. <laughs> yeah, same. the truth? Yeah. Same. Yeah, same. <laughs> I'm like a fine wine that's been aged for 450 years. <laughs> So you're I'm just like a bitter. Fine wine that have a fine wine that's been dumped down a toilet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> been dumped down a toilet to make an even worse, like toilet wine in prison. Yeah, yeah. Mm, toilet <laughs> wine. Who, who doesn't enjoy a good toilet wine? I uh, unfortunately I have to go to work after this, so I'm not my usual drunk, jovial self. So. <laughs> I thought you were. I thought you were pre-drinking. Did you sober up? What did you do? Vomit or I something from the show? No, apparently I'm just that much of an alcoholic that I'm sober again. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, well, to make sure I, I brought the same kind of spark and nuance and joy of They Must Be Destroyed on site to this one, I didn't watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel warned me about that. You missed so. out on them titties. Yeah. 
and some vag yeah. zoom shots, oh, yeah, yeah. Of, like of uncomfortable right. proportion, but which for by Franco the, there the was way, a lot less. By the way, I got I'll have some great things to tell you about some nude seeds. <laughs> Me, I used some nude seeds and some Snapchat filters earlier last night. So while oh, I was watching Jesus this, Christ, and then sending them to my wife while she was out in public, and I'll let you know which seeds. <laughs> <laughs> when we get there, if there's one advantage to uh, 21st century films, Paul, it is that uh, you do get greater verisimilitude and cunnilingus than we do in uh, films from 1982. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just, uh, you know. Yeah. And this particular film, the cunnilingus, was more uh, air hovering above pubic hair with tongues. I don't know if right. anybody else there's, noticed that. There, there's a little bit of a, a tongue flick here and there. It's, uh, yeah, there's a, it's there's very a convincing. Bit. You see hair move. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they 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 breathed it in, man. <laughs> uh, Daniel, did you have anything that you've been watching recently that you want to? Uh, no, I haven't had a chance to watch a whole lot recently. I've been busy with work, but uh, you know, sure, sure. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> no, we yeah. greatly appreciate it. All right, so what we're going to do here, in the interest of brevity, let's take our first break before we get into the film. We're going to play a promo for another podcast. We're going to have a little bit of music, and when we come back, we will talk about Mansion of the Living Dead because I have no trailer and no clips because it's all in a foreign language that nobody here speaks. Yes, I'm assuming. Looking for something different in your podcast library? Then why not check out the podcast Under the Stairs? I'm the host, Duncan McLeish, and joining me each week will be a special guest as we examine some classic, old-school horror favourites, as well as some modern classics. That's not to say that we don't tackle some of the, let's say, more questionable entries into the horror genre. And if all that wasn't enough, we have a subset of shows called Baz V Horror, where our horror novice, The Baz, tackles horror in all shapes and forms to see who will come out victorious. So what are you waiting for? The show can be found at podcastunderthestairs.wordpress.com and on Stitcher and iTunes. The Podcast Under The Stairs is a proud member of Legion Podcast Network. This is Duncan McLeish from Under The Stairs, signing off. on the nose but I mean I don't really have a lot of stuff about Blind Dead or Living Dead and oddly enough I don't have any songs about lesbians like going on vacation from their job at the topless strip club you yeah. think there'd be a lot more music about that right, right? yeah you could you could have done uh, scores from other uh, Jess Franco films uh, Vampiros Lesbos and uh, yeah Vampiros Lesbos would have been fine I think yeah I probably could have done that but that would have required me to seek out the scores and that's kind of Lee's territory maybe I'll replace that with <laughs> Vampiros Lesbos if Lee finds it you know if for people yeah out there that aren't fans of UK subs and we'll just start with Lee because he's on my screen right now yeah all right so this movie from what little research I did in the background apparently this was Franco's return to Spain apparently after being abroad for a lot of years because he just couldn't you know he couldn't make movies that he makes uh, in fascist Spain at the time I guess uh, what, what was the uh, dictator's name just died like just a little bit before that and he came back to Spain apparently also Franco um, yeah Franco yeah there you go that's what the, 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 the lesser Franco really is what we call him on 
this podcast. Wait, the dictator is the lesser Franco, correct? The, di- the dictator is the lesser Franco, yes. Agreed. The less important Franco. Yeah. Yes. So I, I guess he got financed by someone who basically just told him, make whatever the fuck you want. And so he did. And what that apparently was, was taking a vacation to the Canary Islands and filming his girlfriend fucking a bunch of actresses. That's, I think that's essentially what he did. And then, oh. Hold the phone. Which one was his girlfriend? The blonde uh, one named Candy. Is it the yeah, lead? The, the lead yeah, the girl? Yeah. Yeah, the lead girl. The, is the one girlfriend. who like, added all the way to the end, right? Yeah, and yeah. Is, that's yeah. who would well, later Lena become Ramay? his wife, too. Yeah, uh, Lena okay. Ramay, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. I guess if you get... She has a name, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Lena <laughs> Ramay, you are correct, I, I guess if you have that kind of a fetish and you just want to make a movie to make it happen, then there you go. Well, no, his yeah. thing is to watch his wife fuck just about everybody and anything, because it's mm-hmm. all through his films. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and I think the, the only thing was someone probably told him, you'll get all the money you want, and we'll release the movie for you as long as you make it a horror movie so hmm what's popular in spain oh those blind dead films were kind of fun so let's stick some really bad templars in here and uh offer the girls up to be raped and there's my movie oh yeah oh yeah that was rough yeah what is just, with actually, these guys? I actually think it's funny because the cheapness of the way the film was made with the makeup and everything like that actually lent for me a watching the, an enjoyable experience because I'm guessing like is they are they nuts or are they really what they're saying because the makeup shit but it's in a good way because you can kind of see their own faces through it so it's as cheaply as it is and what a boob lovely sex fest it is it actually works for me and I almost like um, it as much as the Blind Dead films. <laughs> I, I'm with Paul. I I think I actually like this sort of the the slight ambiguity the makeup gives where they really just look, look like like you know douchebags and masks like oh yeah. no we're cursed that's why we have to rape beautiful women that come into this yeah. thing like you it's know like what i used to tell my girlfriends i have to watch porn or i'll get really sick it's the same <laughs> thing <laughs> listen this is already a clip laden show <laughs> <laughs> well if we want to circle back to the actual makeup itself a lot of that looks like it was just hand done very quick just dab on some latex and then do some like fake blood kind of stuff it, Man, some of that looked like shaving cream that they just patted out of the face there. That was also just latex and toilet paper. They just didn't put any makeup over top of it, and uh, that looked really bad. But the skull masks that a lot of those guys were wearing were actually really intricately carved and looked really cool. I did like those quite a bit. You would be the you'd have the best mask at your Halloween party in fourth grade, I think is <laughs> <laughs> paper mache wins. That that's just what they look like, Paul. They look like fucking paper mache masks, but they were really neatly sculpted. I wonder if they had like a cast that they just push the wet paper mache into to keep making them because they were quite uniform too. I mean, I don't know if they kept making them. I think they probably did all the Templar scenes in like one afternoon. <laughs> I'm guessing. Right, but they would have had to have made enough to cover all those people that they did in yeah. one afternoon. So they had to make at least like 12 of them. And that's why I wondered if they had a mold because there wasn't very serious variations. Unless he found a way to film like six guys standing with like mirrors just right to make it look like 12, which that's I would Franco. not put past Franco. No, not at all. I can't. I'm sure if anybody could do it, it'd be him. Yeah. Yeah. Those, 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 I, I do kind of like this movie just because it's so absurd. Like it, it shouldn't be as enjoyable as it is, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it kind of is. Now, Paul's saying he likes it as much as the Blind Dead films. Paul's off his fucking nut. So <laughs> no, I, I, well, it's better than Ghost Galleon. 
Well, well yeah, uh, that's that's <laughs> not by a huge long shot, but at least the lesbian sex in the beginning is really fucking way good. Way better, and there's way more nudity than the original Blind Dead, so automatically winning there. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, okay, I can't argue with your criteria on why you enjoy it more. If you, if it's if it's nudity and better than Ghost Galleon, you've just defeated all of my arguments against that. <laughs> and moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I the biggest issue that I had with it when I first started watching it is this brand new like hotel resort area and it's supposed to be abandoned but it looks brand new like everything looks like it's brand spanking new. Whoa whoa whoa. Well, Maybe it's abandoned but they still have caretakers and they're up they're doing the upkeep. Yeah, but this well, is like modern. You say that if you go to Spain right now cuz I watched Stop Gear and stuff before I watched this film because I bought this film on one of my recent splurges on eBay. And you go to Spain and you literally see brand new housing districts and everything. They're completely freaking abandoned. And they're brand new. It's just like, it actually happens in Spain because of the economy and the crap. They built brand new airports that are completely abandoned. It's crazy. So that's and, just like Dubai and China and North Korea and places like that where they just build like cities and no one lives in them? Yeah, well, it's, it's, the it's no different and, here. It's the in the, the high-rise apartments in lower Manhattan that like are $9 million or the big houses that are like $20 million. Nobody actually lives in them, but they're investments. Mm. They're what rich people do to hide their money, especially right. foreign. But if this hotel is yeah, supposed to be abandoned since the curse... They're all devil worshippers. You telling me the devil can't upkeep his own house? Listen, any yeah. idiot can watch Home Improvement. I'm pretty sure the <laughs> devil has basic cable. <laughs> wow, he steals man, he basic from cable. Like a, he went from a three to a ten there. <laughs> wow. He's angry about this whole like situation the of the fucking upkeep. Mountain Dew's kicking in. <laughs> no, but it's too modern of a design not an upkept old school hotel that goes back to when this curse took place. And I realize this is a Franco film and it's just to put fucking porno in it and then throw a little horror over top of it to help itself. We do have some of the more traditional, like the churches and stuff look a little bit more traditional than the hotel, obviously, but at the same time, yeah, I, 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 what you're saying. I get the sense that the hotel was put in recently, but the, like the, the monastery was like kind of next door and like right. the, the, the world has kind of grown around it. I, they even have a line of dialogue, which is something like, you know, wow, this place looks really new, like towards the beginning like it's all fancy and then it cuts to a shot of the desk which is clearly um very mod 1969 style except we're making this in 1982 so <laughs> maybe the idea that these uh, girls just don't quite know what's in fashion in 1982 well, we really we really didn't get to see the true strip club in its entirety it could be an old shack made out of broken rocks you know like so <laughs> who cares, you know? i mean the, the, this this is uh you know i i think there is a uh, a timelessness that's suggested by this that uh, you know, this doesn't necessarily have to exist in a in anything like anything like a real world. You know, no one I said think, no one said those girls with the varsity team at their particular strip club. <laughs> I, I feel sad for a strip club that they would be the varsity, yeah, the varsity team. team. That looks like like the early brunch team. At a Vegas strip club. <laughs> Which is coincidentally a varsity team out here in the <laughs> sticks. <laughs> yeah, I was just amazed by the first thing that sort of came to my mind in the opening shots of this was that song, Who Wears Shorts Shorts? <laughs> <laughs> and and then, I, then I answered myself, these girls, all the time, except uh, all when the they time. Which for is the also first, all the time. For the first eight minutes, and then they wear basically nothing. For the yeah. Rest. yeah. No complaints here. Better. No they complaints here at all. a lot of time walking around in literally wearing nothing which is um, maybe an open amazing. robe maybe. Yeah, yeah. as soon as they get on the beach they just get naked and then I love the fucking guy behind the boat just going hee, 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 hee. well that's like, basically that's us yeah, I was about to say that's <laughs> all of us on this show yeah, right now that's, 
That's yeah. the audience identification figure, is what we call that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but there's an, there's an excuse for him, though. I mean, he, he even gives himself an excuse. He's like, I'm the gardener. I have to be I'm everywhere. The I'm, not, I'm not a creepy yeah. weirdo. That's what <laughs> well, I say, too. That's what, that's what I, I always I walk went, around with roses laced with chloroform. I'm the gardener. You want to smell this? Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> I, I Does that smell like chloroform to uh, Just kidding. <laughs> I went straight being there. I'm Chauncey Gardner. I'm here to. Uh, hey, does this smell like Bill Cosby's sweater to you? Oh, no. Yeah. no. <laughs> Boo, not soon enough. <laughs> Just oh. let the man trim some hedges. Well, and here's the line problem. that he completely missed. He's like, I'm the gardener. Would you like me to trim your bushes? He should have said that to yeah. all of well, them. And here's my problem. They're like, what are you doing here? He was there before they got there. I mean, Jesus Christ. I'm enjoying my lunch by this abandoned fucking boat, you <laughs> <Yeah>. crazy bitches. <laughs> You're the one who just came out here yeah. and started getting yeah. naked. <laughs> That's true. He was there already, so it's like, yeah. well, you know, fair play to him. They keep making mentions of how these are foreigners. They they should just get the hell out of Spain already. You know, like they think this is you know some sort of uh, service industry. This is a democracy in Spain now. We don't have to fucking make you coffee and breakfast, you stuck up German bitches. <laughs> Yeah. Are you are you saying they wanted to build the wall? <laughs> yes. Yeah, they were building a wall. I'm, I'm the saying resort. that given the Inquisition is deliberately referenced here, I think there might be some anti-Semitic references, like very deep <laughs> in the subtext. I would not put that past Franco. Did you guys notice the part where the four ladies had split off into two couples to share like their own little apartment area? Did you notice how each of these little couples were accusing the other couple of being too mm-hmm. old-fashioned I, or prudes? My first yeah. note. My first note. This whole thing is everyone has the same plans this is what happens when you don't communicate <laughs> i mean yeah. they could have just gotten like a large room and all four of them could have just gotten down and partied together if they would have just communicated their uh, wants and desires at one point oh, in time i'm like am i just watching a really wonky rom-com here you know no one's talking no one's communicating it's hijinks i i, I love the degree to which not only do they each think the other twosome is a are, are prudes but we're, it's revealed like much much later that they all work in a topless bar, which yeah. you know, would, would sort of, you know, sort of imply well, that's where all the prudes work around here. All those pious empty. women working at a topless club. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one of them, uh, one of them calls them uh, the other couple pious bitches, and the other one calls them sanctimonious nuns. But here's the answer to that, uh, Daniel. They didn't realize because they just do different shifts at the topless bar. That's all. They're oh. never working at the same time. So spoken right. as a true working class hero. Every yeah. every time yeah. I'm there riding the pole and making the snail trails, you're just serving the drinks. You fuck rude. Like, <laughs> Damn. They are actually all waitresses in that bar, though. They say they're all cocktail waitresses in the topless bar. So they're the ones that yeah, serve the, the drinks. But they have talk. to be topless, too. <laughs> right. But they still have to yeah. be topless, which thank you, movie, for all of that. Yeah, thanks. Which, which, which is exactly the way Hooters should have been. But I was definitely disappointed when I got there. <laughs> <laughs> While they're prominently featured, they're still wrapped up nice and tight, too, as far yeah, as that yeah. restaurant goes. Their main plan for the whole thing is they're all there, and they want to each pick up a dude. And it's not clear if each couple wants to form a thruple for the weekend. Yes, that's exactly what they say, right? because they say, like, we'll find a dude, and then they're going to do shit with him. Why couldn't we have been born in Europe? Uh, exactly, right? <laughs> and then they say if, if they can't find a dude, then they'll have fun on their own. But they say they're going to find yeah. a dude, and that they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna do some some wonky wonky shit so they want to take turns on the pogo stick but they only want one dude per couple to make a thruple i think too many dicks mm-hmm. is not a good time for them wait wait, wait. that's I a clip like, that's I a like clip over exanxious though the shapely blonde is i mean she's in there i'm fucking finding someone now i'm gonna walk <laughs> around completely almost naked going hello hello to all the hallways and find this you, guy and you're talking the one with the, you're talking the one with the purr 
firm because she looks like yeah. she's the oldest. Maybe she's a little yeah, bit. Yeah, she's 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 a, she's a go getter. I tell you, these <laughs> ladies are thirsty. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they, uh, but, yeah. She's got what they call chutzpah. <laughs> Things are happening. Wait, is thruple a word? Because you and Daniel Court were giving me crap about quadrilogy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because yeah. it's tetralogy. I, I, I've never heard thruple. I was assuming it was a Pennsylvania thing. Yeah. Hey, it's not me, man. No, no. I got nothing. The only reason I know of thruple is it's something that the kids say. These crazy millennials these days. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just Court think- was walking downtown, ran into some kid with the, uh, wearing a flannel and a stocking cap, and it was 90 degrees outside. Heard the word thruple, and now Court's been saying it every day. He was like talking about how his girlfriend's boyfriend and his boyfriend were all going to get together. And I'm like, wait, how does that work? He goes, oh, we're a thruple. Yeah. And then I pulled on his nose ring, and then a parachute yeah. popped out of his head, and I walked away. Yeah, that was really weird, by the way. I was there for that. Got it all on my phone. <laughs> we'll post that to the group later. <laughs> all right, so I'm going to have to just ask. We're all fucking pigs here. Let's just ask. Of all of the ladies in the group, which is the one that you would pretty much hope would get to pick you up on this weekend adventure before things go bad for them? Ooh. I have the answer. Okay. I want the crazy, disgusting, depraved wife that's chained up in the bed that goes to the bathroom like a dog outside to make his man, oh, man her man I, happy. I, I Bold choice, Paul. <laughs> wow, she's covered with fucking this. rotten food. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is a bold choice, Paul, and I respect that. Look sir. At that. Wow, you went hardcore right away. I, she wasn't even on the table, but I'm putting her on the table for I, Paul. I got nothing but respect for you, man. Coming out, <laughs> you came out legit right away. We bow to oh, you, sir. Yeah. Look at you. You say the things we all think. <laughs> or at least Matt and I. Yeah. I don't say anything that I don't want for people to hear, but I always say shit people shouldn't hear. <laughs> and that's our podcast in a fucking nutshell right there. All right, Daniel, we're talking all over you, so go ahead, sir. Everybody give him the oh, floor. Oh, no, not at all. I was, uh, I'm was i enjoying the experience of being He's walked over by it. you guys. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> no, the, the amazing thing is, uh, you know, one of my uh, one of my great loves about Jess Franco is that uh, he is fetishy as fuck. And uh, often his fetishes are such that you can only find in the deepest, darkest recesses of Tumblr. Not that I know about such things. Um, <laughs> the, uh, Come the, to PA. <laughs> word, Western PA. I, I, I can neither confirm nor deny personal experiences. Anyway, um, <laughs> go listen to our Blue Velvet episode. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> or just wait till, for me to talk for another 15 seconds because the uh, the girl in the uh, in the chain with the with the collar around her neck who's uh, like being slowly starved to death uh, looks very similar to uh, Dee Williams who is uh, was formerly known as Darling. She was one of the uh, early models on Kick.com. She is still amazing she is a uh, past 40 she just got like i think 43 triple d boob implants and uh right. if you're interested in that girl you should definitely go follow her on twitter she's pretty amazing you had me at 43 double d implants <laughs> i'd like to see them on her back though <laughs> because <laughs> i'm a doggy style kind of guy so if i could actually twist those oh, that'd be kind of cool <laughs> But uh, yeah, you no, so sick, a, brilliant man. She does a ton of fetish stuff, and I was li- literally in the like Jess Frank. This is this is one of Jess Franco's fantasies. There's no uh, the starvation fetish is actually a thing that people uh, fantasize about, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's no, a this thing. is very much a very much a thing. Yes, yeah, it is a thing. A thing. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, uh, I, I I do want to point out that uh, it, it must be a consenting fetish because otherwise it's just Franco's shyness th- showing through. Because if you look closely at her chain, she could easily 
unlatch it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. I'm well, like at one point when Candy no, shows up there because she wants she loves him. Right? That's the whole point. She even says like I do this to make him happy. Yeah, yeah. it's like that's the whole crazy twisted bit of it. And I the, love it. At one point Candy actually offers to let her loose and she specifically Ooh. requests right before Candy leaves when she throws her out the makeup because it drives the guy nuts and he hates it and she knows she'll be punished. So right. she's very mm-hmm. much a willing participant in this. Right. And part of her kink is to play the victim and try and get people to quote unquote help her and then refuse the help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I'll tell you what, the, the weirdest kind of like hottest, but shouldn't be hot at all, but kind of hot scene was when she ate the rat poison. She's like, that's kind of fucking hot as shit. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I don't know what it is about that, but that's dedication and that's good. I like that. A girl that loves a guy so much that she will willingly poison herself for him. Yes. Because yeah. she wants to die. And then to you can matter any way you want after that. Good. <laughs> Necrophilia. You know, I'm into it. <laughs> They don't say no. <laughs> yes, Court, we all got your newsletter. We know. And I will continue to subscribe you no matter how much you unsubscribe you, to it, Matt. You really got to take us all off that email chain. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is what happens when you lose your virginity in a fucking Civil War era cemetery, Matt. This is. <laughs> this will do it. We're unlocking a lot of things about you. Okay, so I want to circle back to the beach real quick because that's one, one of the things that I had written down. How relaxing can you actually be on a fucking garbage-filled beach that has more rocks than sand on it. Like, how can they I've lay down to, and relax? I've been to New Jersey, so, I mean, it's, it's not that bad. <laughs> well, yeah, there's toxic waste and, like, uh, you know, toxic just surfing. When you, yeah, it's like, oh, I got needles all in my legs, so whatever, fuck it. Like, yeah, all, all, all the people live around the shore have the in's mouth look. It's just, you know. Yeah, the in's <laughs> mouth look. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Uh, yep. Bulging watery eyes that never seen the shot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for me, the the girl I liked the best was the uh, thin brunette who mm. gets who unfortunately just becomes a victim of uh, she she was taking a nap basically <laughs> at the wrong time and she gets strangled. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so she, while she was sleeping, she was strangled. Not the photographer lady who walks over and starts exploring the monastery for no. photographs. No. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm going with uh, Lena Ramey as candy in this. While I don't like blondes, I know that she's not naturally a blonde it becomes apparent yeah it becomes very apparent oh yeah it's really bad yeah Yeah, it's a bad wig and everything but that full-figured look of Ramey in the 80s is my favorite version of Ramey because she looks like a woman she looks like like the kind of classic paintings that you would see in like Mm -hmm. medieval times yeah and she's got like the sculptures in Greece and stuff and she's got a decent set of crazy eyes so you know it'd be nutty oh yeah well yeah Yeah, crazy is good and bad that's a translation I mean I'm with you man I'm with you on that I agree with you because uh, she's got crazy eyes which means it's the it's gonna be a hell of a ride you just don't give her your real name and your best friend's phone number you give her that that's what you do everybody yeah you just say your name's john you're good (laughs) yeah Yeah, that's what i did all the time I say I say my name's Court. Here's my phone yeah. number. Here's my, my call here. My I do, address. I do, have, uh, I do have respect for some of her fashion choices in this film. Like there's one there's one scene where she's wearing these gold pants, and I mean there's oh, Campbell's gold yes. toe, and then there's basically the whole Campbell's foot, and that's what you get. Yeah, that's yeah, uh, that's what they call moose knuckle. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was incredible. Those gold lame pants. I have like three or four different notes about those. Basically, <laughs> just talking about how like gold lame hot pants and the camel toe that they create is my new favorite thing that I didn't know I needed in my life. Yeah, <laughs> I go on for a little bit about that, but I'll just sum it up right there because yeah, that was unbelievable. And that's another thing that's great about not just Franco, but specifically in this film for Franco, female sexuality is celebrated in a way that you don't really get in a lot of other films. Say what you will about. The horrible stuff that happens later on with the rape, but like their sensuality and their sexuality 
it doesn't feel like he's handling it specifically to be salacious or to be like, oh, look at these ladies. They deserve punishment. It makes mm-hmm. them feel more like they're fun-loving girls who just went out on a vacation and picked the wrong spot because their travel agent sucks. Yeah, yeah. just like Mother's Day. That's <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that slasher. Literally, because they're just camping in the wrong area and they run afoul of that family. You're absolutely correct. Oh, darn. <laughs> and, Matt is, and Matt is right. It does feel like, essentially, there's two movies going on here. Like, the girls coming up to the to the hotel that's the sex comedy like that that's totally a sex comedy in any other movie yeah it's, it's a rom-com it's, man yeah it's more of a sex comedy out, sex comedy yeah they're trying to get laid and then like it turns out oh right next door there are a bunch of evil fuckers with knives who are gonna rape you to death and they say feel and and like punish themselves for getting pleasure while they rape you to death because they're not supposed to enjoy the experience of like fulfilling your sexual desires to the like there's there's some weird like psychosexual thing going on this is porn all right like, like and and i you know i I am I am well known on our podcast for you know nitpicking every bit of like feminist, but like once it's this is porn, it's presented as porn. I just kind of accept it as it is. Like mm-hmm. rape scenes don't even bother me when it feels like eh, this is meant to be a kind of like fetish thing. Before you could just kind of openly market that. I mean, Jess Franco would have fucking loved the internet if he'd been born like forty years later. He would have <clears> been <throat> a master of you know fetish porn uh, in 1995. It would have been amazing, right. and he would have been rich as shit from this. He would have made Bruno Mattei look like a poor bastard. <laughs> also, you know, not for nothing, when the cleaver falls down into the sand of the beach, how do you not right. fucking leave right there? Oh, yeah. So now you have an empty hotel. That's fucking weird. Where are all the people? And now a fucking meat cleaver lands there. It's like, you know what? Let's get into the car. Let's drive away. We'll figure something else out. Well, that's the that's the classic mo- moment in the film when you go. You know what? They deserve it. Well, they, they have they have several of these moments because Jesus, uh, and it's it's mostly it's mostly uh, Lena Romay's character, uh, Candy. She keeps saying this place feels weird. Our friend is missing. Maybe we should do something. No, let's yeah, go let's back to the room and let's go back to the room and have sex first. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's oh, she that's probably met a guy. It's fine. I want to see Lena Romay in the van. That's oh, what Jesus. I Oh, God. <laughs> That's what I want to see. You know, the craziest Lena Romay film I think I've ever seen is later when she looks haggard and ugh, creepy. But at the same time, okay. Uh, which was uh, uh, Vampire Junction, where she like contortionist vampires shave her vagina in a weird way. It's writing very down the name. Say that name again one more time. So <laughs> I can... Vampire Junction. Very, Vampire very Junction. Matt, this mm-hmm. is going to get added to the list when I can find it. Good, 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 yep. good, 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 good. <laughs> <laughs> you had me you had me at vampire contortionist sir <laughs> Yeah, you can just quit selling. You already made the sale. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is my introduction to Lena Romay, and based on this, I mean, I don't love her the way I love Soledad Miranda, but I definitely mm-hmm. want to see more. Like so you, should Miranda. Watch, you should watch Female Vampire. Yeah, that, definitely. That yeah, Female Vampire is a good jumping-off point for Lena Romay. This isn't the best yeah. of her work, but I still prefer this look for her. I like a more voluptuous Lena Romay, mm-hmm. but her acting is significantly better in Female Vampire and she's mostly silent in that I believe. Yeah, pretty much she's silent through the whole thing. Uh, my my other thing that I really like her in when she's more crazy and uh, acting pretty well is uh, Barbed Wire Dolls. Oh yeah, that's uh, one of Franco's many very abusive prison films, right? Yep. Love uh, like that one in 99 Women. That this might be on the list. Home. <laughs> 
Uh, no, I miss my mom now. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, can we just talk about all these casual strolls that, when the women are fully clothed, feel a hell of a lot like padding, but when they're absolutely naked for some reason, fit beautifully into the film? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's the mm-hmm. main that's thing? The, it's the purpose of the film. That's, <laughs> that's why I kind of like, I never questioned any of the overly sexualized ideas or when they just go, oh, it's so hot in here. Lay on top of me so I can get hotter. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> I don't question it. It just, it's I, time I love, pussy. I love when they, when they, when you like, see them wake up in the morning and they're like you know feet to head well because they've been 69 all night in so many of these films you know they'd like wake up and they'd be you know in this like perfect pose but they've got like messy hair and everything and there's there's a sense of like I mean I don't want to overemphasize but there is a sense of like they're treated as people and not like just overt you know objects mm-hmm. here you know but, and, I, and it sells it sells the reality which is a weird thing to say in a film like this but it does it sells like it, no these are people and therefore like I actually care what happens to them you know mm-hmm. right well, one point one character gets pu- pu- pubic hair stuck in her tooth yeah that was all that we was, all had notes on that, that. was yeah. that was the second snapchat i sent my wife while she was out <laughs> yeah. in public oh, where she's... i actually we wound it up to that point and sent her a snapchat of that plane yeah. with those words yeah, on there beautiful. and then i flipped it around to my face because i was laughing my balls off <laughs> and i sent it to her while she's in the middle of a public place where it's dark so when she brings things up on her phone everyone can see nice. <laughs> that's a large dental floss yeah, yeah. On it and make the a f- wish these kids it's, today won't understand that really problem. quick going all the way back on this so your two close friends who are also your lovers apparently have gone missing what else to do but to shack up because jesus you're still very horny i mean mm-hmm. there's a there's a limited amount of genitals around to be licked and or caressed in this film yeah and when your numbers diminish to two one is the lone numbers so why not add together and see what happens i mean is this like a like a, a, a like a woman fear boner i guess you know a woman a, f- a fear wide on a fear wide on <laughs> they got a fear wide on going i i'd like to i'd like to just sort of explore like take a step back and ask like what this vacation was intended to be to begin with right well so they, let's, uh, let's work they, through uh, win something or something to get that they won the no they saved they saved up for it they found this place because oh, it was absolutely cheap and they've cheap. been it was cheap yeah, right yeah so, so so basically they're they're four women who are in relationships with they're paired off in relationships but they don't know the other one is in a relationship they find like the cheapest little shitty hotel they can possibly find they drive out there they show up kind of giggling together and then they kind of go off in their separate apartments and it's like oh yeah well we can just fuck all the time the two of us so how did they sell it to the other two as like we're gonna hide the fact that we're just sitting around and fucking all the time right like in each couple thought they were going to do that to the other which just it strikes me um you know it takes me out of the film to think about the just the logic of how the they planned this trip together i, right, I, I, right, I can't yeah. i can't buy the film i can, I think I can see that i can I see that they... my problem is i don't think <laughs> <laughs> well they were actually they talk, they describe it in the film they're hoping to all meet men and it sounds like they want to just add a man into the the relationship that they have for the time being while they're there and have like three-way action or even possibly everybody pairs off with a man but the backup plan is well they've been pleasing each other as sort of like a fail safe because that's how they're together and they're friends with severely awesome benefits for all of us to witness and that's they're trying 
to pair off into finding new pogo sticks to bounce on or other clams mm-hmm. to jam with. But they're, they got each other to fall back on. The thing that I always have a problem with, and I agree with you here, Daniel, is why these women who clearly work in a business that has got to have a little more like moral ambiguity towards sex, why they don't communicate or why they didn't know earlier that they were all kind of loosey-goosey with each other and they were okay with this. Because they thought each of the other ones were, you know, uptight. Right, but they work in a topless bar. You can't be sexually uptight and work in a topless bar. The two don't go together. I don't know. I think think they're speak to my mother like that. I think there might be a bit of plausible deniability here. I think there's a a sense of which we just don't talk about these things, you know. Well, I think there, I I think there's also, and you know, not to downplay it, but I think they're all pretty dumb. Yeah, just a bit. I think they, I think, I think they all got sold like a, a bill of goods. Like when you think about it, the receptionist guys asked them, like, "How did you come here?" And well, we saw this, we saw the yeah advertisements for this hotel, and then the rates were so cheap for this massive hotel, we couldn't believe it, so we we jumped on it. And you know, we heard Spanish dicks were really big, so maybe we'd find some of those. And then it's almost a prequel to Hostel or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, it, it it almost feels like there's some sort of shadow organization that works on behalf of the monks that sort of gets tourists to come to this hotel because they they mentioned that there were murders before as well. Uh, and that's why the hotel's abandoned pretty much because everyone... Right. Yeah, my, my headcanon is that there's no supernatural element to this at all. This is just like like deeply fucked up psychosexual mm-hmm. shit. And like right. this, like deep connection of like really rich assholes who are uh, basically like funding this travel agency. Oh, four really attractive women are showing up, and uh, yeah, send them to our little out of the way uh, place that we say is really old, but really is uh, was remodeled like 15 years ago. And uh, then we're just going to kill them one by one. But well, I, I do mean, like you know. the re- I like the re- reincarnation a- angle of the goddess, like they have with her and stuff. And they and then it, that's the thing is like it was so like is this just like weird sex fest? the whole time or is it and then by it's, the end it's of a it, just franco actually, film the answer is yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, but, but then you know you actually because like i said we were saying when we started the conversation about makeup being kind of half-assed and then punishing themselves and all this kind of like stultifying you know you can't actually enjoy the sex you're having kind of talks and then by the end of it i was like oh fuck they're all really were like that oh shit that's kind of cool i actually like this film because if it would have just turned out they're all just weird depraved sex maniacs i would i already assumed that already yeah so the way the way it ended made me like the film again like i got out of the film and then the film the end of the film kind of got me back into the film i would have liked a little bit more build up of like you know we specific sent this woman like an invitation because we know that she's you know the incarnation and all kind of like it worked more around like that but it was still a, it's still a fun film overall and actually it, it actually did its job surprisingly as it might seem it actually <laughs> did its job for me the only thing is since the guy really uh, you know was trying to punish himself for enjoying sex and stuff like that a hard pegging scene would have been nice but other than that we're good <laughs> I don't know I'm, one thing one thing that struck me um like fairly late in the film was the uh this idea that uh the uh super attractive guy who's kind of our male lead antagonist whatever mm-hmm. is actually like this uh, reincarnation of the guy from the inquisition or whatever like i actually really liked the idea that he was just the owner of this hotel and he was just this fucked up guy who had a woman on a chain and a mm-hmm. room and was starving her to death slowly and then 
on the side, there was this completely alternate, like, you know, evil, like, cult group of reincarnated zombies or whatever happening. Like, I really mm-hmm. like the idea that there were, like, two completely separate fucked up things happening in the film. Polarizing storylines at the same time. Yeah, and then these these women are just trapped in between this, like, crazy thing. Like, He's that's what I thought job. the film They're was all going. dead, and I'm a fucking horny. Like, yeah, that's great. <laughs> I might as well just gel off and be done. Like, it's... Yeah. Would you like it better, Daniel, if they actually had that main guy that was, like, the crossover person who was running the hotel but also was trying to lift the curse by falling in love with candy R- lena romay's character if they would have had him not be an immortal zombie and if he was just this fucked up guy would you have liked the film better that way i i mean i actually legitimately like the film um this this is this might be on my short list for best of the year um i really like jess franco i think he's a fascinating filmmaker parts of this uh, film kind of made me think of um bergman like certain shots of like like her walking naked through the hallway uh some of the lighting and stuff. I think Jess Franco is like legitimately brilliant in moments and yet makes mostly terrible films. But like this film legitimately fascinates me in some, some interesting ways. And uh, I don't know, like I, I think, I think the thing with Franco is I'm perfectly willing to kind of go with whatever thing he's got in his head. Like he's clearly got some message or some idea that he's trying to work out and he can't quite get there. But right. the thing he's working on is so, seems so personal that I don't want him to change it for me but for me i really liked the idea while it was happening that like there really was just this like cult that was going to kill them all but then also there's this guy who's got this fucked up sexual fetish you know right i thought it'd be actually interesting like you you know what you say like he has he has all these ideas but how do you really get them out there you know and i always thought it would be interesting when i watched it if the cult was real the, the zombies were real all that was real but the gardener was the only person in the hotel that was actually the cult ringleader and he was just fucking with the hotel owner to get people to come that kind of thing and lying to the guy the whole time that oh yeah you're immortal you're this and you know this and, and just to use them and then like at the end like he, got, he does like oh fuck i'm just dying i thought i was immortal yeah we lied buddy i'm just saying. <laughs> well, he, he, he does like that that gardener character he does just sort of hang around and crack jokes and and laugh mm-hmm. at everybody and all their problems it's, it's mm-hmm. almost like he's just sort of he's like, almost like you well i'm just saying i mean he's, he's not as bad as lee but you know <laughs> <laughs> so uh any of you guys want to be on a podcast i'm i got two positions <laughs> Jam. <laughs> hey Lee, you quick. can just come over and join our show and then we'll make it a thruple yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah there we go. you'd be surprised i got fired like six times already he comes back he loves me. <laughs> he's like a battered husband he has to keep I'm taking still, you back yeah. I'm, I'm still waiting for him to eat my rat poison but we'll see <laughs> and i would okay. like to actually circle back to one of the things that daniel was talking about where there were moments of brilliance in the film that he enjoyed that hallway shot that you're talking about is that the lady with the longer hair walking with her robe open and it's no, in silhouette that's Lena Romay oh yeah. the, okay because the one that I was thinking of about the perm? yeah the lady with the perm the shot that really yeah, was striking no, no. to me was the no, that one too that one yeah. too but that yeah. one that one I, I cut I think that was that happened first and that particular scene yeah. where she's walking down that she's backlit and then there's a bright light in the back of the hallway and he has it kind of like almost do that jaw zoom part while she's walking to make the hallway feel like it's even longer that was a really wonderful and beautiful like shot and the way that it was set up was incredible especially when they have the guy come in to kind of speak with her on the other side of that hallway and he's also backlit and in silhouette as well and I was really struck by that it kind of hit me this time around watching Franco films like the best way for me personally to describe it is almost like his films are just sketches like he never really gets the finished design that he wants to do but it's like we're getting to see a sketchbook in film formed from him where 
he just kind of has these half-formed ideas and these like sort of like abandoned things that he does and it doesn't really become like this uniform thing but you get an overall sense of what it was that he was trying to accomplish he just never came back and finished the art you get a lot of that in exorcism as well his film exorcism you get it i mean you get it all over i mean um vampiros lesbos and she couldn't ecstasy she couldn't ecstasy is my favorite franco film so far i know Um, you like that i love that film i just legitimately love that film i have a smile on my face just thinking about i want to go rewatch that film right now um no what's uh there i i love the idea that uh yeah, Franco is a filmmaker who, you know, he can't, he he produces these sketches. I, I like that. I like that thought. And uh, I think for me, it's like he just never quite has the budget or the time. I mean, he made a, like 160 films. And I feel like if he had made like 80 films, like 40 of them would have been really good. But because he made 160 of them, like 20 of them are good. You know what I mean? Like, like there's, there's a sense in which he just never really had the time or the energy or the budget to really kind of uh, turn, to really kind of turn his ideas into something that was effective but i think that also kind of lends his films to kind of dreamlike quality and by that i don't mean in the sense of you know usually when filmmakers kind of like use like oh it's dreamlike it really means like we're just gonna throw a bunch of shit at the screen and go like oh look it's an eyeball bleeding or whatever (laughs) you know like there there really is this sense in which watching his films it's like there is this kind of under underwater logic that's happening and things are kind of filtering through and i do feel like i get to the end of his films many times and I'm like, I don't know what happened, and yet it makes sense to me on some kind of fundamental level. And so it's 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 an interesting experience. I think uh, yeah. I think Daniel's right there, and I think for me personally, I, my still my favorite uh, Franco film is Venus and Furs, and I think that's like mm-hmm. a culmination of that sort of thing, like where he he, he got almost everything right. Like that's where yeah. for me where he got closest. That was like fundamentally structured in every way you could ever think of it. That is a very good film, and it's very he, structured he, in a way. He's, he's kind of like a, I, I was kind of thinking of what he's like as a filmmaker he's kind of like a failed jazz musician who has all these moments of brilliance but he never really made it into a group or anything or ever got signed to a label kind yeah, of thing. he was in a group in venus and furs so just calm down uh, he, he was, was his own there. group yeah, yeah he well he was in manfred man that was what yeah. that's what he was playing beside and yeah well he doesn't really get an opportunity because he was working through so many films so quick he never really actually edited a lot of his films or was a part of that editing process because wouldn't he just dump that off to somebody else and move on to the next thing and just start shooting more Romero. Uh, yeah i don't i don't know what i don't know what he was like in the uh in you know post-production i don't know how much on hands he had on that according to wikipedia he edited mansion of the living dead i mean i would imagine he did the editing i mean it's so personal and it's so low budget i would imagine yeah, he did a bunch of it but it's also like it's not like oh i got to spend like six months in an editing bay like figuring it out it's like yeah i cranked this out in a week you know right right yeah <laughs> Crank something else out constantly over that week. Oh, tell me about it. My right arm is humongous now after watching this film. <laughs> the thing is, I can imagine like once Avid, if he had been able to live through up to the Avid era and like be a like an uh, a, a an essential filmmaker in his prime years during the Avid era, he probably could have made many films editing on a keyboard with one hand while also cranking the other thing with the other. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, he was stuck with a moviola, and you know, probably at some point, given his budget, uh, a literal razor blade. <laughs> instead of instead of Jess Franco's Dracula, we would have gotten Jess Franco's This Is 
not Dracula XXX a porn parody. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what happens with like Dario Argento and stuff like now. Now he's got he's got the notoriety, he's got the fame, he's got funding, he's got the time, and all of his new films that ever came out were a complete fucking trash. Like I don't understand what happened. I don't know if uh, Franco would have went the opposite way too, and just like his films would have got dumber. Well, actually, no, because some of the old Franco like like Vampire Junction, you're watching it going, "What the fuck am I watching? Like, what am I watching? Like, it's interesting. What the fuck am I watching? It's just complete incomprehensible garbage yeah (laughs) it's Uh, it's weird i feel like the passion kind of goes out of a lot of filmmakers as they get older i feel like Mm -hmm. especially when they get more comfortable like in the situation that dario argento's in and i don't think that franco ever got that i think he was always going to be hungry to be able to do the next one and even in some of the films that i've seen of his that i would say are like his lesser known or or lesser loved like the killer barbies films that he did with the killer barbies versus dracula and then just the killer barbies film itself it still has fundamental parts of it that feel very much like franco and it doesn't feel like he's phoning it in even though he is only shooting it on like you know dv cameras or whatever it is and however he may be editing it it still has that same influence like if he could have somehow mimicked the look that he would have gotten say out of this film mansion of the living dead i could have played those back to back with you and you wouldn't know what era they're made in and that's one of the things that's interesting about when he did shoot on film he used the same cameras almost a lot because there are so many of his films where i can't tell what decade it was even shot in unless it's some of the background or the hairstyles may actually fit that particular decade which adds to this timeless quality that daniel kind of touched on earlier too like so much of his stuff you just don't really know like a touchstone of where this is taking place when this is taking place what all is actually happening and it's all this kind of strange like you guys said like a dream logic that works but it's not the kind as daniel mentioned earlier where people make the excuses or they're like oh it's dream logic so we don't have to make it make sense no it really does feel like this very ethereal otherworldly kind of your rules and your logic make no sense here so just go with it and I think that's why people kind of have a a drawback with a lot of stuff when they watch Franco. I know when I first started watching Franco, I had that a lot, you know, and I've since gone back and watched other films of his that I watched in my younger days as a film aficionado or whatever you want to say. And I'm actually starting to really appreciate his work. If I would have watched this movie, say 15, maybe 20 years ago, like some of his other stuff that I watched, I would have absolutely hated it. But I'm I'm just going to come right out and say it. This movie drew me in. And even though there were a few parts of it that I was like kind of, you know, snoozing through a little bit with some of the walking when the ladies were fully clothed, if I kind of like force myself to pay attention to the shots and the way he's tracking it, I kind of see the filmmaking going on before me with that. And so it gives it like another layer. And I really ended up quite enjoying the film by the end of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If we have any more little pieces to talk about, otherwise, I think we're about ready to do final thoughts. Um, is there any other little pieces or do we want to wrap them up with final thoughts here? I can I can wrap up. Yeah. I'm, I, I mean, I, I feel like we kind of got at the we got at the thing. <laughs> yeah. There's not a lot more to dig into than what we've done. We got so. to the meat of the issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Paul? Deep down into it. Should have had strap on. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to point out one final thing. I think that telling someone that they are the reincarnation of a godlike princess that will free you from your cursed soul or whatever it is that's going on there, as long as they have sex with you and it's like sex with true love, I think that's a huge gamble for a pickup line. But I think if it pays off, it's going to be amazing sex. It's going to be mm-hmm. great. If you can <laughs> really if commit to it, 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 you know what? It might take a couple tries. You know, a couple girls are probably not going to go ahead and believe you. And you might get a drink thrown at you, maybe a slap face, whatever. 
But I'm just telling you, a winner only concerns themselves the ones who say yes, not the many who say no. You just made that way creepier. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like this is the kind of advice that Rush V gave in his uh, seminal work, Bang Fascist Spain. <laughs> <laughs> I, also, if you're going to try that line out, um, j- just a heads up there, uh, dudes out there in the clubs trying the, these lines out on uh, women. Most of them probably aren't going to go for the idea that after we bang, you need to strangle your roommate to death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that wouldn't be but, part of my pickup line unless I was really into that. Yeah. <laughs> for the record, I'm really into that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, strangle, yes, but consensually and erotically, not not yeah. to death. That's Make a, her squirt until she dies. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Death by dehydration. If exactly. Anything. By a vaginal <laughs> squirting. Mm-hmm. That's a, I'm that's doing a it right thing. now. <laughs> I, I feel like this show is going to fill up Court's console of clips. I don't know why. Yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly emptying parts of me out at the same time, Lee. <laughs> well, good Lord. And after watching this movie, he's pretty much shooting dust at this point. <laughs> oh, it's beyond dust. <laughs> At this point, it's antimatter. Somebody needs a Gatorade <laughs> and a sandwich. Yeah, <laughs> I am a little disappointed. We've only gotten one rack focus zoom into Lino Romay's crotch in this film. Is it just because it's the '80s and they've kind of tapered off a little bit? Uh, Franco was becoming a more modern, respect- respectful man. He was he was more interested in uh, what the woman wanted, and he was yeah. you know he was maturing. He was he, he was wasn't the... he was a bit pious. Yeah. <laughs> <Sanctimonious>. <laughs> Those pious like bitches. On, I feel like there's a pun on pious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally, yes, totally. You know. And it makes it even more funny that we have to call it out. Good, good, D. <laughs> I like the film, and one of the things I liked about it is it actually kind of going on the timeless thing. It fits as a movie in the '80s, just for the short shorts and all that stuff. Like, yeah, that's an '80s film. You, you can you can buy that. But also, just the way it's shot, the locales, uh, the sex scenes. This could, you know, with a bigger budget, a little bit, you know, a little bit more time this could have easily fit into one of the uh, original emmanuel films or one of those mm-hmm. sort of like side knockoff emmanuel films it, it could have easily been in one in one of those series yeah i totally agree with that i could see that as well because emmanuel was like a loose series anyway where they just usually use the same actress and then just threw that name on there yeah. sometimes not even that they would just retitle another pornographic film emmanuel yeah, so this, this film could be the envy of joe diamato oh yeah what we were talking about earlier if Franco would have been born just a little bit later, I think he would have gave Joe D'Amato a run for his money porn-wise. Like if he would have been in that cycle at that age at the same time frame that Joe D'Amato was making really stuff. It's really hard. Hard to beat that one scene from Emmanuel in America. It's hard <laughs> to beat it. Oh, I, 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 would, I would argue Vampiris Lesbos is much more erotic than anything Joe D'Amato made. I don't know. That girl on that horse. I'll tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, 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 I'm that's still... PA style. <laughs> <laughs> no arguments here and i was born there wow <laughs> yeah i'm still in the if he had kind of been like at his peak in around 1995 he would have found the internet early and he would have been like the he would have been like the the european andrew blake i, I think that's that's kind of where his career would have gone and uh that's i mean it's just an amazing thought it's just like you know mm. i don't know uh you, you look you look back at these guys who uh are making this stuff and it's problematic and as difficult and as like weird as a lot of this stuff is it's pretty clear that uh you know had they been around in the modern era they would have found a much better place for their talent
talents. And uh, right. as much as I do like this film, in fact, I do like this film better than I, the two Blind Dead films I've seen to this point. Wow. Well, but that's but that's a you know that's a personal. Yeah. Point. I like it better. <laughs> I like it better because I like what Jess Franco is working on. You know, and it's funny that like Paul and I, who normally disagree on everything, are like one hundred percent on board with each other. <laughs> Ding dong. Yes, this is great. Beautiful. Um, no, I, I, I really like this. I like Jess Franco and uh it's just uh it's it's a great conversation. I feel like now I'm doing my make... podcast in the Twilight Zone right now. Right. <laughs> All I know is I want to make two girls and one zombie. <laughs> Daniel, did you say this was your first Franco film that you saw? Is that correct or did I miss oh, you? No, 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 no. I've seen I've seen this is my first Lena Romay. Lena Romay mm-hmm. fronted. This is my Franco first film. Lena Romay. Okay. Um okay. I, I kind of looked through her filmography. I don't think I've seen anything else she's been in uh this is definitely the first time i've kind of like really gotten a good look at her quote unquote in many more ways than one um, <laughs> i've seen several um because a certain asshole who is definitely not on this podcast introduced me to jess franco through uh zombie lake and at oh. least the zombies uh, um, so beautiful i i originally had a not so kind take on him but then i discovered uh vampiros lesbos and uh since then i've i've uh, kind of fallen in love with him yeah, you're th- welcome daniel <laughs> yeah and matt this is your first Franco film, right? Yes. All right. So, judging that this is your first Franco mm-hmm. film and everybody else has seen some Franco before this, are you interested in seeing some of his other work? Yes. <laughs> Not just for the <laughs> porn aspect of it or the sex. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I actually would say that I think out of all the Franco films I do own, this is probably the most sexually heavy of the films. Yeah, the actual Cause interactions. Like yeah, because yeah, uh, I, I have a lot of them. And so what you're telling me is it's all downhill from here. No, yeah, God, no. no. I'm the guy that brings your disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> Now, if you can get two screens and have hardcore fisting on the other one and watch, like, basically a, a horror film on the other, it's like the same thing. You just got to concentrate a little bit more. Don't get cross-eyed. <laughs> or just put it into a nonlinear editor and just superimpose it and then, like, really That's fuck up your brain. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I have a Kickstarter you may want to look at, Paul. (laughs) Sometimes you you millennials, you just kind of put a little fucking effort into this shit. I don't know, man. None of us. I I don't think any of us are millennials. Thirty nine. There's no way I'm a millennial. I'm no millennial. I'm just really immature. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, you're more of a millennial than any of us, Paul. So shut the fuck up. That's right. (laughs) What makes it funny? All right. Is there anything else we want to talk about the film before we move on to the news segment? What film? (laughs) What film? All right, we're going to take another break here. We're going to play a promo for another podcast. We'll have a little bit more music, and when we come back, we will do some PSYOP news. Hello, this is the Doom Show. Keep on keeping on and keep on trucking, America. We don't listen to our feedback because we don't get any. (laughs) The truth hurts. I just alienated the two people that give us constant feedback. Sorry, guys. That's got to (laughs) go. That's got to go in there. So on the show... Uh, We talk about giallo movies and slasher movies and cult movies. Sometimes we even talk about Cameron Mitchell and his movies. I am Richard. Who are you? I'm Brad, the guy that's not Richard or Jeffrey or Simon. That's right. We have four people and we always talk at once except to each other. Jeffrey lives up north. Simon lives across the world. Richard lives in Penis, Alabama. Hello, This is the Doom Show is a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. Check out the other shows on legionpodcast.com. You can check out more Hello, This is the Doom Show at hellodoomshow.podomatic.com or at doommoviethon.com. Check for our Amazon-exclusive 
Hello, this is the Doom Show Cookbook. Do you like hot dogs? <laughs> we got them. Do you like mac and cheese? We got it. Do you like cheddar? We have it. Actually, we don't. No, no cheddar. Just Colby. Colby Jack. Hello, this is the Doom Show. We never gave up on you because you never gave up on us. Wow. Is that two on the nose? A song about no. she getting all the girls there? <laughs> no, Groovy Ghoulies. That's a great choice. Yeah, I'm a big love. fan of the Groovy Ghoulies. Yeah, no, I love that band. Um, yeah. Did you ever watch the actual cartoon? Uh, yes. Yeah. I've not yeah. seen it like as like a kid or anything like that, but I actually caught stuff from VHS tapes and things like that when I was a little yeah, bit my older. Ki- my kids like watching that. It's really interesting and cool little show. I, I really do dig uh, that, and I, I'm pretty sure that's where they took their name from. At least I hope so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so give me some Psyop all right this is uh from our friend dan uh beazel dan from corrupted youth podcast there you go dan from the corrupted youth uh the uh and this article is uh, from uh scienceenthusiast.com man arrested after he masturbates and dips butt in church holy water he must have an incredibly long penis thanks lee <laughs> thank you that guy lee. sounds really intelligent <laughs> <laughs> Did he stick the needle down his pee hole? I don't know if that has anything to do I with the story. Oh, man, jeez, Lee. Why do you keep asking these things? The things they make me say on this podcast. Did he get arrested, you said? Yes. You can't pay a bail? Well, I could probably fix that for a blowy. Probably. <laughs> God bless the internet for giving us a seemingly never-ending stream of strange stories. On Tuesday of this week, a man in North Dakota was arrested after he allegedly masturbated, then dipped his buttocks into the holy water at his local church. This guy is my own personal hero now. It's going to cost you some serious cock. What were you doing this past weekend? Um, Nothing that you can or cannot prove, but gotcha. I was definitely nowhere near that state. Gotcha. Or so my attorney advised me. Alrighty. Uh, according to the Idaho Statesman, a man ingested methamphetamine, then tried to attend church. The results were somewhat mixed. And Spir- I'm going to fuck it to death. Spirit of Life Church in Madan was holding its 9 a.m. service when 20 21-year-old Zachary Burdick walked in and started to strip. According to a police affidavit obtained by the smoking gun, witnesses at the church said that once Burdick was naked, he began walking down the aisle towards the altar as he masturbated. The affidavit states, a witness who called police said there were 75 people at the mass during the incident. (laughs) 
<laughs> he did this in front of 75 people. Oh, you know, there's a lot of children there. Did any of them leave? I don't know. I think they all stayed for the More show. More importantly, did yeah. anyone join in? <laughs> this feels like it might be in a Franco film. Yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I thought it was a Catholic church. <laughs> and according to the priest, verdict was splashing around in the holy water fountain. The priest also added that the holy fountain will now need to be drained, cleaned, and sanitized. Much like uh, in Caddyshack when it's just a candy bar. It's, no it's, big just, deal. Yeah, it's fine. No Dude. big deal. It's just naked they man ass. They don't, they don't clean and sanitize those fucking things anyway. Any Anybody yeah. goes to church and dips their fingers in that shit, get yourself yeah. some fucking Purell right away. You're yeah. definitely yeah, exactly. getting pink eye. They all got shit stained fingers and stuff like that. I mean, like, think about it, guys. If you, you have your baby hell? baptized there, your baby's definitely getting pink eye. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Baptismals are... <laughs> are the cesspools of the church, like even more so than the actual clergy that run it. Uh, a law enforcement <laughs> spokesperson said that Burdick also tried to bless members of the congregation, a Roman Catholic church using the Book of Mormon. I think that's going in the spank bank. Probably. Uh, Burdick <laughs> uh, was arrested for criminal mischief, indecent exposure, and ingestion of a controlled substance other than marijuana. And we're back to dicks. Uh-huh. Reportedly, mm. this was revealed to the arrested officer as he explained that he was was tweaking. Verdict. <laughs> Shoot Ver- some fucking ropes. Verdict. Verdict was told by the officer that he shouldn't masturbate in front of others. However, Verdict explained that he was trying to bust a nut. Blood jizz. Yep. What a what a pious, sanctimonious asshole. <laughs> Shooting a fucking hot load all over this, this dog. And this article is ended by saying, I guess in the end, it was all part of God's divine plan. <laughs> I know every time I masturbate in a fucking confessional it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you, if, if you believe in a Calvinist God, then this was all preordained to happen. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> thy rod and thy staff, thy comfort me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now we're definitely writing a Franco porn here. <laughs> yeah, right? Mm-hmm. People should just do what I do. Every weekend I'm off, I just nail my fucking dick to the table and I can't leave. It makes it easier that way. <laughs> Do you have like a hole that like healed over so you can just insert it through no, there or I, is it a fresh no, hole every time? No, I use different ones because calluses make your dick bigger. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I mean, how many clips do we have from this show, really? I Lots. Mean, uh, a lot. Hopefully they're That's, all usable. That's not even ribbed for her pleasure. That's like notched for her pleasure. <laughs> you turn it inside out, then it's ribbed for your pleasure, my friend. His own penis? Turning it inside out? Yeah, why not? Oh, no. I'm pretty, you know, Sometimes when it really gets cold around here, Oop, there it goes. <laughs> I've seen that movie. Is, is that how Trump's dick got to be like a toadstool? I think that's possible. Yes. yes. Or I would say that his genetics aren't as good as he says they are. Or an actual toadstool just grew there. <laughs> oh, gross. Sucking on the magic mushroom. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, now I'm getting flashbacks to Mr. Vampire and I want to scream suck on the coffin mushroom. <laughs> 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 Are we going to do another news story? Or? We can if you want. Yeah, let's grab one real quick. Let's grab one. Mm. Let's do this let's thing. Let's polish one off one real quick. <laughs> oh, my. This uh, this is from a Darren Wilson. Our boy Darren from the Psycho Semantic cast. Yes, and this is uh, The Guardian, and it is Demons in Armageddon. Details emerge in nid- Naked Kidnapping Case. A group of five who kidnapped three people and crashed their car believed they were escaping the end of the world and faced imminent danger. What? Yes, we will get into this. Three <laughs> people. <laughs> 
three people who were arre- who were arrested naked by Canadian police pulling after it just to pull it exactly after kidnapping their neighbors and crashing their car into another vehicle. Were Jehovah jerk. Uh huh. Were Jehovah Jehovah Witnesses who believe that they were escaping the end of the world according to court documents. This was Jehovah's Witnesses behaving like this. Yes. Wow. If they would just let wow. them have caffeine and masturbation, everything would be. If fine. you let them have a fucking birthday, maybe yeah, things would happen. Give them a birthday present or something. Or well, caffeine. Pussy. Let him fucking trick or treat once in a while, you damn motherfucker. <laughs> Something. Jesus, this is what happens when they think yeah. the world's ending. Oh my god, you Vagina get him so tight. Like dead body. Kinda. We have a lot uh, of those around here, and some of them are super fucking hot, too. What a waste. <laughs> <laughs> in a plea document obtained by the Canadian press, two women and a man admitted to kidnapping three people in the western province of Alberta last year, which brought a degree of clarity to the bizarre incident last November. Finger bang a girl with a corpse hand. Wait, that's part of the news? Probably. Wow. One of the women also pleaded guilty to dangerous driving. The Royal Canadian <laughs> Mounted Police launched their investigation after they were called to the scene of a car crash in an industrial park in Nisku, south of Edmonton. All cops are bumbling dummies, kind of. Uh, wow. They have arrived to find... I'm Yeah, I'm, I'm, you're, you're turning me. Um, they arrived to find a white BMW that had collided with a truck. Inside were five people, four of them naked despite centimeters of snow on the ground and the temperatures that hovered around negative 10 degrees Celsius. Mm, micro penis Or time. for us Americans, 14 degrees Fahrenheit. OMG, a jizz drinking game. According to the... <laughs> I'll win. <laughs> he will. He really will. <laughs> According to be coming on my face. Oh, probably. (laughs) It's not what not. According to the plea document, the episode had begun several days earlier when one of the women took her two teenage daughters to visit her 27-year-old nephew and his 30-year-old wife. And other horse sex news. Who lived in Alberta. After three days at the house... (laughs) It's the horse sex news. He's listening. Oh, yeah. (laughs) During which the group barely ate, they came to believe that they had lived through the Great Tribulation, a period of suffering which some evangelical Christians believe heralds the second coming. All kinds of things you don't want on your dick. Someone, they, they were, they're on meth. They have to be on meth, right? No, they're no, fucking, they, no, Jehovah's uh, Witnesses they are not on one, meth. Go ahead. They, they, live in, they live in one of the Canadian prairie provinces, so they basically do exist in the apocalypse. So Yeah, um, basically. <laughs> no, they're on a different mind-altering drug. It's called religion. <laughs> yeah, believe Which does were, more damage than any other drug you could possibly do, including that shit that's like the alligator skin stuff. What about like bath salts? Mm. That too. Yeah. It's, religion is far worse than that. <laughs> Believing they were in intimate danger, the group fled the house, but in their haste, none of the family, except the mother, managed to get dressed. So they're all also just hanging out nude. Countdown to Bukaki. Kinda. <laughs> I spilled pee all over the place, but I cleaned it up. I don't know what they got a problem with. Good job. <laughs> Four who were naked were changing, but they had to leave right away because it was unsafe. So they left without clothes. <laughs> it's never too unsafe to leave without clothing. I, I'm just particularly saying, in that kind of weather. Uh, here's what I'm saying right now: these Jehovah Witnesses were secretly having an orgy, and someone goes, "Does anybody else smell gas in the house?" And they ran out of the house, and this is what happened. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know, man. I just think that you know, instead of saying orgy, the religion will probably 
probably buy this a little bit easier than the other thing. <laughs> I was afraid it was the apocalypse, so I ran outside naked in the freezing cold and kidnapped people. Oh, yeah, that totally makes sense. Hey, well, come on back to the church. Everything's fine. Minus you know, 10 some people freezing. have all the fun. <laughs> as, long minus... as long as there were no orgasms involved, you're, you're welcome back. You know what? Real quick, the f- group piled into a BMW SUV. Motherfucker, you can't celebrate a birthday, but you can buy a BMW SUV? That might have well, belonged to the people that kidnapped. how much money you have if you're not buying people fucking birthday presents. He's got a point. That's true. A penny-pinching piece of shit. <laughs> Which, the mother drove through the garage door to make their escape, but then decided they needed to rescue their neighbors. They forced a man into the trunk of their vehicle and made his adult daughter and her baby climb into the back seat. They did so because they believed that they were in danger either from bad or wicked people outside or from demons, says the guilty plea. The BMW then raced down the highway, blasting through a red light as its occupants chanted Jehovah over and over. Yeah. Uh, they had to have been dosed or something. This is not well, normal behavior. Yeah. They're not, no one's going to ever force me into a car full of naked women. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna force them to stay in there. That's what's gonna happen. <laughs> this car's going. Two people are trying to get out. And then we got this guy running behind, going, "Bring me with! Bring me with! There's naked hold chicks up, in hold there!" Up, hold on! <laughs> I brought the loot. <laughs> that about done? Is that? Uh, yeah, we're we're getting there. Okay. During the document, the three neighbors managed to escape when the SUV slowed down and flagged down a passing truck. It's the middle of the winter and people running around with no shoes on, you stop to help them, Derek Scott, the truck driver, told CTV News last year. The neighbors climbed aboard the truck, but their relief was short-lived. The SUV rammed Scott's truck, and (laughs) both vehicles ended up in a snow-filled ditch. When police Holy responded shit. to the accident, they faced a group who displayed who displayed extreme strength. Yeah, these guys were they had to be whacked out or something. Yeah, they were doped awesome. up and refused to leave the vehicle. Probably PCP. Yeah, <laughs> it's like PCP. According to the uh, according to the court document, one of the teens believed the officers were monsters who would kill them. Police eventually restored resorted to using a combination of pepper spray and tasers to subdue and arrest the passengers. All with excessive force. At the, the police were you know what? No, what at this sketch. point, it's the Jehovah Witnesses. There's no such thing as excessive force. <laughs> Wow. wow. They're genuinely p- gentle, kind people until you put them on some kind of weird drug. Well, I love everyone's wow. What like they're gonna listen to this? Well, they might. The thing what is, are you gonna tell them? Makes a great lube. <laughs> they're not Amish. They're just Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah, Jehovah's yeah. Witnesses have technology, Matt. It is possible they would would at one time have listened to this podcast. But why? I don't know. They wouldn't listen to this one. Because they're already preordained well, to go to heaven, so what do they got why to lose? I'm listening to it right now. I'm listening <laughs> it to it for slow stroking. No, oh, well, <laughs> Particularly the ones that would be on this kind of chemical yeah. that made them think that police were monsters. At the time, oh, wait, I don't need a chemical to know that's the truth. At the time, police suspected drugs or alcohol <laughs> might have been a fact. Dude, this is uh, the worst kind of article for court. It's religion people versus cops. He doesn't know who to root for at this point. Plus, plus, I want to defend them because they were on drugs. Yeah. But they're religious people on drugs, which yeah. are the worst kind of people on drugs. And then it's, it's cops who are just the worst kind of people to you. I'm, just, I'm rooting for the poor guy who got his truck rammed. Because- yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. At this point, I'm hoping that he gets a really great lawsuit and gets to keep what's left of that BMW. At the time, police suspected mm-hmm. drugs or alcohol might have been a factor in the incident. The father of the two teens, who wasn't present during the incident, told investigators he fears the group might have consumed a hallucinogenic tea. 
But according to the Canadian press, the plea document makes no mention of drugs or alcohol. The two teenagers who were present during the abduction were not charged. There you go. Okay, so either they have a severe mental illness that is causing them to have these mass hallucinations. Oh, wait, that's called religion. Never mind. They do have that. Yeah, that's it. It sounds like they probably (laughs) drank a a, a special tea that they were probably supposed to be like old Jesus-y. Like a special tea drink? Yeah. wolf belts and covered with salve. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to follow this whole thing under better living through chemistry and be done mm-hmm. with it. There you go. <laughs> Lord knows you don't need faith when you've got chemistry to actually make you see the things that you're actually afraid of. Yeah, right? <laughs> Boy, I really want to see God. Oh, shit, there he is. <laughs> Well, that was just fucking nuts. Okay. That was crazy. I think it's time we go ahead and wrap this up. I think so. We're going to play a promo for one more podcast here. We're going to have a little bit of music and we will close out this madcap show. You come to the right place. My name is Gary and I'm your guide to Cinnamon Beef Podcast. Every episode, we not only deliver film reviews, we also dismantle some of your favorite and most hated films. Sometimes for the better and sometimes for the worse. Hey, 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 you shut your face! If we want to hear you talk, I will shove my arm up your ass and work your mouth like a puppet! Alright, calm down, calm down. Every show I hope to have a new co-host, podcasters, listeners alike. That's right, I'm talking to you people. I take all comers. You're slats. That's not very nice. The only rules, well, let's ask the best cooler in the business. All you have to do is follow three simple rules. One... Never underestimate your opponent. Expect the unexpected. Two, take it outside. Never start anything inside the bar unless it's absolutely necessary. Three, be nice. So join the insanity and please vent your frustrations. I'm available on TalkShoe, iTunes, and Stitcher Smart Radio. Remember, here at the Sun Beef Podcast, if you got beef, I've got the grinder. Across my big brass bed. God oh. damn. Oh, yeah. Still, still hurts that Scientology killed that gentleman. Yeah, I know. Yep. I almost went with the ministry cover of it, but I wanted the actual like little extra oomph to the sex, and I feel like ministry took that away when they did their cover. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I know each of you have your own individual projects, so let's go ahead and get that ready to go for you to kind of talk about the things that you're working on. I'll start with you, Daniel. You should never start with me. It's a bad It's a bad decision. Uh, <laughs> Find me on Twitter at Daniel Lee Harper, where I mostly talk about uh, Nazis and all the terrible things they do. Uh, I also have uh, another podcast called Wrong With Authority, which is about movies about history and the history they're about. You can find that at wrongwithauthority.libson.com. I have an episode that's in editing, which has been in ed- editing for a while because I'm a lazy shithead. 
uh, about Birth of a Nation, believe it or not, the 1915 incredibly racist D.W. Griffith film. And uh, I think it's going to be amazing once it finally comes out. And now I'm saying it on this podcast, so I will actually finish it. Uh, so, yeah, uh, check that out. All right, Lee. Yeah, so you can find all of us, if if you were, are, weren't already uh, sort of uh, warded off by our conversations tonight on this podcast. Uh, Hi, I'm you can, Paul. <laughs> you can Paul, find Paul, us. Paul rarely shows up on this podcast, by the way, so, you know, it's fine. It's yeah, a rare yeah, treat. You know. <laughs> yeah, every, like, third episode, you might have a trouble, but uh, there you go. Uh, but, yeah, we're at tmbdos.podbean.com, and you can find all the requisite links there, and, uh, yeah. Just do that. All right, excellent. Paul, any other projects besides uh, They Must Be Destroyed on site? Yes, I have PA Brew News. One word on YouTube. You can check me out for beer reviews, Bob Ross-style paintings where I hide the bodies, and things like <laughs> that. You got me on Twitter, and then Instagram, uh, Oil Paintings by P. Romaley. Boom. All Done. right, awesome. Now, everybody that's listening to this on our feed, you know where to find us. We are available on legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops. You can support our show while you support our show, teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash cinema dash psyops we have our facebook group cinema psyops i'm court psyops on facebook matt is matt psyop we have feedback emails which you can reach us both matt is psyopmatt at gmail.com where you can email him your favorite shots that you snapchatted out of various scenes of jess franco films all right just like he sent to his wife (laughs) you can email feedback to court cinema psyops court at gmail.com and let them know which of the guys from they must be destroyed on site matt should be replaced with yeah (laughs) then I'll replace that guy they must be destroyed on site because you can drink on the other we kind of made that deal on our uh, our last episode yeah Yeah, if Daniel's down we might trade Uh, yeah trade (laughs) I'll give uh, Lee Lee you for Daniel All right, (laughs) you can drink on my podcast (laughs) (laughs) he may join just because of that alone you can tweet a couple of tweets to a couple of twats I'm at court underscore psyop and he is at psyop Matt where you can slide into our DM some more photos of those snapchatted shots from Franco's films. I would actually like to see that. So folks, get out, get to work on that. Yeah, right? Do a little Snapchat filter on a nice vagina from yeah, <laughs> Franco get, films. Get going, will you? Preferably Lena Romace. You know what I'm saying? We're, yeah. We're down with that. We want to see what's going on let's with get, that. Let's get going. I would like to thank each and every one of the guys from They Must Be Destroyed on site for joining us for this crossover. You guys, it was amazing. I had a total blast. I hope you did too. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, I had a great time. Yeah, no, it's, it's always enjoyable, gentlemen. Uh, it was a lot of fun. All right, folks, I'd like to thank you for downloading and listening to this episode. Kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch. That's rude. <laughs> lay, 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 lay. Let me see you make your man smile. You can do it, you can do it, you can do it, baby. Lay, lay, lay. Come on and lay across my big brass bed Lay, lady, lay I know you understand clearly what I say Still ahead.